So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK Classic Edition. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing season one, episodes seven and eight of Before the 90 Days. In this episode, Larry loses his luggage but finds his woman. The long-teased meeting between Sean and Chris gets closer as Chris gets to Haiti. Jesse doesn't know how to deal with drunk Darcy. Miriam's secret really takes the wind out of Patrick's sails. Paul and Karini get cleared for intimacy. And Courtney shares a room, but not a bed, with Antonio. If you like what you hear, please support us by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating. While we cover these classic episodes, we'll also be covering the current season every Monday. Next week, we'll be covering episodes 9 and 10 of Before 90 Days, which you can watch on Hulu or Discovery+. Plus. Alright, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy! Hello, Miss Rowe. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. I don't know, just just getting along. We just, you know, now that spring break is finished, I'm looking like until Memorial Day, until oh, I, I have know, any kind right? of day off. Oh so, my goodness! I know, and, and that's that's the thing. I, I know people love to hear teachers complain about like how we don't have time off because you know summer. Well, <laughs> I mean, it gets especially crazy towards the end. I think our school is trying to have prom. <laughs> God. That is insane. I don't even I know. know. <laughs> Every year, I wonder why we even bother with prom. Like, I'm, I'm like, if 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 your parents want to get together and put together a prom, go ahead. Why does the school have that? Will have to have anything I to do with it? I don't know. I don't know. We just got ours. We just got ours. We're doing we're doing graduation at the University of Maryland. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, definitely. Well, usually, we do it at the basketball arena. This time, it's a football stadium. So, all right. Oh, good luck for us. Okay, so completely switching gears. <laughs> having nothing to do with school right let's go i'm gonna start i'm gonna start with patrick and miriam okay because he needs a lot of good luck himself all right so now that he's in france so far everything is everything everything is as patrick hope it would be but miriam keeps teasing us with this secret as they sit down to eat at a cafe patrick feels like this you know this his in-person assets are really winning her over and he starts to ask about her romantic pasts. He asks by asking her if she's ever dated a black man. Or, scratch that, how many men have you dated? But turns out that it's probably one too many because it's her cue to spill her secret. And that is that she, um, after a frustrating amount of ums and deep breaths and a commercial break, tells us that she has a boyfriend. Patrick is confused and disappointed and asks her, why didn't you say anything about this earlier? Miriam... It gives kind of a wishy-washy story. He says she was under the impression that Patrick was not looking in, looking for anything serious and wouldn't ever even get to Paris. So when he said he wanted to come to Paris for her, she didn't know what to do. And then at this point, she says, you know, I appreciate you a lot and you're a fantastic guy. But, you know, she's there to be a tour guide and a friend and nothing more. She wants him to stay in Paris so he can have some fun, but he's not sure he was into that. The only reason he came to Paris is now shot to hell. So in a follow-up scene, Patrick is on, you know, the title card all alone. He wakes up on a sleeper sofa. So now he doesn't know what to do. He didn't come to Paris to be single, and he had to sacrifice a lot to be here. So he calls his mother for advice. Um, Letty, his mother's response is angry confusion. What do you mean she's got a boyfriend? And her advice is to get his ass off the damn internet. 
But anyway, <laughs> after she calms down a little bit, she says, actually, you should go along with the rest of the trip, make the best of it, be respectful and fun, and see what happens. So now he's going to try to turn this romantic trip to Paris into a friendly trip, but he's not so sure he can. So now a friend-zoned Patrick puts his big boy pants on and meets Miriam outside of Notre Dame. After a few minutes of awkwardness, they start to be able to relax and have a good time. He keeps saying things in interviews about how what he's doing is trying to open her eyes about like what a fun guy he is and show her what kind of man he is. So I'm not sure their intentions really line up here. He seems to clearly be on show off mode, even as he's doing like backflips in the street. So, I mean, is it, I don't know. I thought it was pretty obvious. He's not really settling into the friend zone. He's going into nice guy mode here, isn't he? Yeah, I feel like he is uh, trying to uh, win her over without crossing the line. I think that's pretty clear. Like, he's not going to try kiss her. He's not going to, you know, he's going to respect her physical boundaries. But he is absolutely trying to show up her boyfriend. You know, he's trying to compete. He's trying to show that he is the better man. And he is just hoping that she will wake up and realize that you are the one I was meant to be with. Yes, that seems, yeah. And it's funny because I feel like it's so obvious she has to know what it is. Mm, Right? Like, I mean, the backflips in the street. He's like one step away from, look, I'm doing push-ups. Look at my push-ups. Have you seen my (laughs) chest yet? Like, Yeah, um, I think there is a part of her that you know, could be convinced because she, uh, I mean, they do have really cute chemistry together. It seems to translate the way we see it. You know, they're giggly. They, you know, have really great banter with one another. They really are like happy and smiling the whole time. Um, Mm -hmm. They're really just kind of carefree. I think this is someone that could be convinced. And I think that's the reason why she kind of told him to stick around. Yeah, I could see that. Like, we don't know anything about this boyfriend at all. So, it, I right. know, we don't know how serious that is either. But it was like, I mean, it seemed like everybody's play. And it just, I don't. So, I definitely have a issue myself with the whole framing of friend zone. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it, I don't know, it, it kind of paints a bad picture, a, 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 a maladaptive picture of what like relationships can be like that aren't romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Right. Where it has to be like, you know, and this, this idea that it's always the guy is like secretly pining over the woman and wants to be in a relationship with her. And she has to put him in the friend zone and lock him <laughs> in his friend cage. And like, they can't just like be friends with somebody. And so I, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I always think about it like us. Like, you and I are good friends. Mm-hmm. I am in no way in the friend zone, right? We're just <laughs> friends. Right, right. <laughs> Well, I mean, according to their definitions, yes, you're in the friend zone. But I mean, <laughs> but for us, it's just friends. Yes. Yes. Like, it, it, like, there's only, like, yeah, that's what it means. It kind of paints this dynamic where it's like, well, every guy just wants to be in a relationship. She has to put, it's the, she put him in the friend zone is the, is the, is the bigger issue that goes well, with it. Well, I think the way that people see it is that a guy would probably say yes to sleeping with their friends if the opportunity presented themselves. 
right? And so it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean relationship, but you know, if you know one of your girlfriends was like, and I'm not saying this would or would not happen. All I'm saying is, is that is what people's perception of it is, right? Their sure. perception of is if a guy and a girl are friends. And the girl just like, you know, maybe there was a drunken night and she's like, yeah, let you know, you want to sleep together, you know, and he would no hesitation. Yes. Mm-hmm. So then, I, I think that's so, I where mean, that's coming from. But I feel like that's where the disappointing part comes in. Right. That's like the disappointing part of like, you know, you, there's there's relationships that are on a deeper level of friendship than just like pure, like physical things. And I would sure. be like disappointed if it's like, oh, turns out, no, he was just biding his time. Until he could get like until we, until we could sleep together, until there was an opportunity, right? Exactly, and it's like I don't know. It just it, it it's that I think it's a problematic framing. Let's put it that way. Sure, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think that that friend zone comes from like people's basic assumptions that guys will have sex with almost anything. That's true. If given yeah. the opportunity, right? That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Yes, that yeah. is the that is the broad assumption. We'll say. Right. Okay, let's talk about Patrick's solo picture. So they have him and Miriam, and then, you know, at one point they have Patrick by himself where he's wearing this, like, polo shirt that's, like, buttoned up to the top, and he looks like the helpful Honda guy or some cell phone salesman. I'll tell you, at my school, my school has a uniform, what did before this year, we had uniforms, and the you know, it's a very loose uniform, right? It is um, just, like, a black polo and, and khaki mm. pants, right? Um, that you can get wherever, you know. Oh, but sure, sure. I'm telling you, man, all all those kids in that uniform wear their polos buttoned all the way to the top. <laughs> like, oh, goodness. It looks so preppy. It, I'm telling you, they don't pop. For a while there, there was a couple guys who were smart asses who went around popping popping everybody's collar oh, up. Like they would pop weird. their collars and just go around the hallway like flipping people's collars up. Be like, pop that collar. Like, Oh, but, I associate you know. that with douchebag because there was definitely a, a point in time. Absolutely. But then these guys, they, they were definitely ironically trying to look like a douche. You know how teenagers, teenage boys especially, ironically try to be something bad? Yeah. Like, you know, like, I'm ironically a douchebag. And it's like, that just makes you a douchebag. So watch out for that guy. <laughs> uh, there was one thing that Patrick said that kind of bothered me. He said that he changed the way he acted for her. It's like, what does that mean? I think it means he stopped sleeping with people. Well... I don't know. It just seems that maybe you think that that's you being a better person. So if that's right. you being a better person, is that so wrong? Yeah. Maybe you. Sh- maybe that's a change you should have made regardless anyway? of her. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Okay. All right. Moving on. Uh, let's move on to Sean and Abby. Uh, it's been a week since Sean has been in Haiti and... Abby is trying to take Sean to beautiful places to get his mind off of his insecurities of Chris. They go to a waterfall where they swim and enjoy the day without mention of Chris. They go to the Citadel where Sean breaks his silence and asks about meeting Chris when they go back to Port-au-Prince. Abby seems annoyed to talk about it again. Abby doesn't see what the problem is since Sean already told her it's okay that they're friends. She insists she isn't lying to him and seems to forget already the timing of the mysterious rash and what she was forced to reveal when getting help from the Mamba. She resolved that, uh, or she says she doesn't want to lose Sean or Chris, and Sean doesn't think anything is going to get resolved until the meeting. 
Sean thinks that there that her whole thing with Chris doesn't make him feel like she's ready to for a proposal, especially since he's getting the feeling that Chris is more important to her than Sean. Abby has gone to the airport to go get Chris. Sean is waiting for them at the hotel because he didn't quite feel ready to meet Chris, so he was just trying to put it off as long as possible. Abby is at the airport. She hopes that they get along so she doesn't have to choose. In the end, she's going to do what makes her happy. Abby and Chris see each other, and she tells him not on the mouth, so he kisses her forehead. Chris Mm -hmm. says he loves her, and he thinks that she loves him too, and he says that they will be in each other's lives forever. Chris keeps making eyes at her in the cab and asks when they can talk without microphones. And she says later as he rubs her hand and tells her she looks cute. They quietly giggle in the back of the cab as they make their way to Sean. All right. So what our understanding of this relationship is, is that they were together. Then they broke up. It wasn't quite clear who broke up with who. Now they're just kind of, you know, doing their own thing. And at least Abby seems to think that, you know, they're just friends. And that's Mm. it. How do you think Chris feels about this relationship? Or what does he think is going on? Oh, um, I almost feel like Chris sees her as... I don't know what his status is outside of that, but almost like his, like long time mistress kind yeah. of thing right like oh when i'm in the dominican republic for half the year i see her and she's very important to me and they I, I don't know i they they may be sleeping together they may not be sleeping together i don't know right but it's certainly more than just he's a friend or maybe it isn't but he's territorial about it like i think he was like oh that's my friend i don't want her to have another boyfriend and yeah. his way of doing that isn't to be threatening or whatever. It's to be overly attached and overly – to make to get exactly the reaction that you're getting from Sean, to get jealousy mm. from other guys, not want to break, break up. And if he's kind of like, well, this is – because she's going along to get along or whatever and she's like, well, this is what he wants. This is how our friendship works. Then she kind of just goes along with that and she doesn't go, hey, that's too much, Chris. Back off. We broke up. I just don't understand – you know, the breakup thing. Yeah. I was going to say, who broke up with who? Like, I feel like that's not exactly clear. Was yes. it Abby saying, like, we're done? Was it Chris saying we're done? Why are they saying they're done at all? When it seems kind of clear that they both want each other in their lives. Yes. And, I mean, I you have friends. I have friends. None of my friends have to tell me not to kiss them on the mouth yeah. when I meet them. <laughs> right. You're like, up here. <laughs> exactly 0% of my friends are like, don't kiss me on the mouth, which I got the impression she only said because there were cameras there. And if there yes, weren't cameras there, he 100% would have kissed her on the mouth. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. That is very odd. I don't even know if I have friends that I would kiss on the forehead. That's also no, weird. That's... Okay, I'm not saying it's more intimate than kissing on the mouth, but it's a very intimate thing to kiss somebody in the forehead. And it's like, that's definitely a, I kiss my kids on the forehead. Yes. That makes sense. It definitely like, seems so like a father-daughter kind of thing to do. Yes. Uh-huh. Like Which then cheeks. just makes I get it cheeks. Cheeks is the, you know, the European, like, friendly yeah. thing. Um, so, like, you can kind of justify that but the thing and then as soon as they're together he's like when can we talk without microphones around sketchy as hell 
Oh, yeah, definitely. And then, you know, you kind of had to be paying attention. He was like, her hand was like up on the chair, the back of the chair, and he was like rubbing her hand. It's like, uh-huh. oh, what are you guys doing? Yes, not like, n- none of none of the physical nature of what they were doing in any way spoke to friendship. Like, if no, you look at those people, also and didn't said, what's seem the relationship like, between these people? They wouldn't have been like, oh, they're friends. Yeah, and it also didn't seem like she was discouraging any of this behavior other than the forehead kiss. Everything right. else, she was just, you know, oh, we can talk later. I'll let you know. You know, like, it was flirtatious. Yes, totally, totally. So, I guess that I don't know what what is going on, but in like, and if I don't know if I was Sean, I wouldn't be. It's weird because at this point, it's not even jealousy. It's like it's blatant disrespect. It's not like oh, I'm afraid I might lose you to somebody else. It's like you're like almost making out with another dude in front of me. Like that yeah. Yeah, it is. It's disrespect. It's mm-hmm. it's like that. This is not a thing that you would do to someone that you purportedly love, and he's r- right. In that his worry is that she might, you know, care about Chris more than him. And it's like, if that's a deal breaker, then it's a deal breaker. But like, I don't know. He's got to be willing to, it doesn't sound like he is. Um, He's got to be willing to just be like, like, accept that and move on. Right, right. Definitely. All right. So let's go to, oh, wait, where are I off? Um, Courtney Antonio. Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking of people who did not have as much of a physical connection as Abby and Chris. So anyway, Courtney and Antonio are on their way straight from when he met her in the the cathedral yard or whatever to the beauty pageant that he's judging. And no break. They're getting straight in the cab and going there. Courtney is already extremely tired. She feels self-conscious about the way she looks and smells after getting off the plane. In the cab ride there, Antonio is starting to get frustrated that Courtney is not caliente and isn't all up in his business being affectionate. He says that he's, you know, she's acting cold and even tries to get the driver on his side. She's being cold, right? (laughs) Anyway, they get to the pageant, which seems to be in the middle of some sort of carnival, and they get there a little bit late, and Antonio just has her sit in the crowd while he goes to work. She's feeling neglected at the pageant and goes for, and after about two hours of the pageant, in the middle of it, she texts him and leaves because she feels tired and gross. Antonio doesn't get it, but as soon as he can leave when it's over, he does, apparently after five hours of beauty pageanting. They have conversation about whether they're going to go back to his apartment or a hotel, and Antonio seems pretty psyched that she wants to go back to, his, to the apartment. <laughs> but the excitement is tempered when they actually get there, and she asks if he's going to sleep on the couch. <laughs> it, if he was looking to get laid tonight, he picked the wrong girl, says uh, Courtney. She wants more time to develop an in-person connection. But Antonio is disappointed that it'll be the, the first time he's going to, like, have to sleep on his own couch. Anyway, on the way to the bed, she does see him, um, you know, in his closet or whatever, changing in his underwear. And, you know, he, she says, that, you know, she's attracted to him, but he's just going to have to do a little bit more to earn it. So the next morning, the two of them are playing with Snapchat filters. And Courtney appreciates that, you know, he's taking her at her pace. His friends told him that, you know, American girls were fast, but, you know, she's not really being very fast right now. The first thing on the menu today is to call her parents so that they can see she's there with a real live person. As he is talking to her parents, he's holding the phone in one hand and grabbing her ass with his other hand, which she definitely doesn't appreciate. She also doesn't appreciate um, all the text conversations he seems to be having with all these other women. 
this doesn't sit well with Antonio because, you know, he's not really into jealousy. All right. So how would you handle this whole ass grabbing situation? Slap him. <laughs> it, but, you know, and I, ugh, it made me mad that he did it because the reason he did it, when did he wait until she was on the phone with her parents knowing that she wouldn't like want to slap because they're like why did you just slap that guy oh, that I you're would sitting totally there with slap that guy yeah <laughs> yeah i thought it was like really rude disrespectful terrible Seemed kind yeah. of almost like um predatory in a way right you know like just waiting for an opportunity where she can't really object as much or at least he thinks so yeah like yeah. it's definitely a thing that you know can be playfully done but yes. that can't be the first time you grab someone's ass. Right. Like, it has to be an established precedent already before it's like, well, now we can do this. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Plus, I they think it's gross that he was trying to do that while kind of presenting like he was this gentleman in front of her parents. Yes. Right. Totally. I mean, he yeah. was really going, getting in there, too. It wasn't like a little like cup or like my hand moved down low. He was. Yeah. He was really grabbing there. Oh, Yeah. Oh, he's just so gross to me, like, in this these two episodes. Like, I felt so terrible for her that she had to sit at oh this God. pageant. You know, she was – she said she was hot and then cold and she was wearing a jacket. But, I mean, she was just uncomfortable. She didn't want to be there. She just got off this flight. It looked like it was a long haul out to wherever this carnival site was to begin with because when right. they got in the cab to begin with, it was like bright as day and then it looked like it was sunset by the time they got there. So True. it just seemed like a terrible situation and it was really annoying to me how she was messaging him and saying, you know, uh, the, I'm, I, I can't stay here anymore. And then... He says, oh, I, I don't understand, like, why she had to leave or where she went. It's like, she messaged you. We saw that you read them. Yes. Yeah, we saw you pick up the phone and look at it and put it down. It just, it was all around, like, bad planning, right? And yeah. so it, it just, you know, kind of goes with his self-centered nature, right? Because right. Yeah, that, everything seemed to be self-centered. I mean, he definitely thought, like, this girl flew into America for me and she wants to come back to my apartment. I am getting laid tonight. Let's yep. go. Let's go. Right? And then that didn't work out. And even when that didn't work out, he even said something like, all right, she gets one night. Like, we better be doing it tomorrow. Uh, like, yeah. And so it's like, which, I mean, I get it, – it, it, it's tricky because it is – a reasonable conclusion to jump to that when somebody flies along, sure. you know, comes a long way to see you and then stays at your place, that that's something that 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 could be up. But it's like, I don't know, it's kind of a gross look to still be disappointed when it doesn't go that way. Yeah, I think it is definitely presumptuous. I think that on both their parts, there probably should have been a conversation. But I mean, and I've done this before, too, you know, where, uh, you know, been in somewhat of a could-be precarious situation, kind of like almost bordering booty call style, right? And uh -huh. I have made it very clear, like, listen, you're not getting anything tonight, right? And they'll say, oh, okay, okay. And then you go over there and they just like, oh, I didn't know you were serious. I can convince them otherwise, yes. Yes, Look, yes. or that. I can convince well, them otherwise. Okay. Because apparently, like, that's a big thing, right, is, is on, like... Is, is I've definitely heard stories about that, like on Tinder. It's like, no hookups, mm. not here for hookups. And guess what? Hook up all the time. 
You know, like, yeah, it's like, so it's definitely like, oh, well, yeah, you, we, I understand that you have to say that. But clearly when you came over, you were you were into it. So, right. Like, and so that's why I say, like, maybe, you know, something could have been served with a conversation before, like her saying, yes. you know, is there another bed at your place? You know, right. or when they were some other about sleeping last, arrangement. When we're going to their apartment. Oh, other is there somewhere? If she would have just said, we, we, we go to my apartment or a hotel, she'd be like, well, is there a place for me to sleep at your apartment? Would have been like a place for her to. He's you like, know, yeah, to kind my of lap. get it going. And you're like, no, mm, that's not what. I meant. That's not what I meant. <laughs> right, right. Like, but, but so I wonder. That. You know, I think a conversation. I don't know. Could or could not have helped. It's knowing what we know about Antonio. I don't know if having a conversation would have made a difference in this because I don't no. know if he would have taken it seriously. No, and especially he has this idea, which is kind of backwards from my understanding where he was like oh all my friends said american girls were fast and i always thought my impression was that europeans thought americans were prudish <laughs> uh, i don't actually know what the impression is <laughs> to ask so our european I, friends i suppose yeah like that was I, I, that's at least what i always thought is like oh americans don't ever do it like what are you talking about okay one thing that i want to talk about is Weren't we told that they were unable to video chat before because of whatever reasons, right? They seem to manage to video chat with their parents just fine. So yes. meaning that the resources existed, they somehow figured out the time zone where they both weren't asleep. How how did they not talk on the phone before this? Yes, because it wasn't even video chat either it was even phone talk talking mm -hmm. on the phone like there's almost no like any time zone in the world i can figure out a time when we can mutually you yeah. know or at and least it might slightly not be, inconvenient yes it might be eight in the morning someone's time but yeah we can figure out a, a time and so, yes, that was always thing. But then I thought, well, maybe it was network issues. I didn't think that at all. Maybe his <laughs> excuse was that it was network issues or something. But network works just fine with the parents. That is interesting that, yeah. they, that they do that. Um, so is she right over the line? How old is she? Because I feel like she's a little bit too old for Snapchat. Uh, she is 20, in her late 20s. I can't remember her okay, exact Okay, so then not really. She was in the prime one. So I feel like... I feel like I missed the whole Snapchat bubble about five years too old. Like oh I feel gosh, like people I feel who like are I'm like much older than that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's the top edge of people who use Snapchat. And then like, and then like I, you know, like when you go like fifteen years younger, and then I don't, th and I think when like my students don't even use it anymore. But oh gosh! So the reason why I, I don't never use Snapchat it. is because I had one friend who would, um, he was the person who invited me to Snapchat, and it was one of my older friends not older in age but i mean like how long i've known him and he was living in i think tokyo at the time and so it was like oh okay you want to connect with me on this social media another way for me to kind of keep up with you sure but then he would only send me pictures of random like crowd shots but he would use it so he could draw on top of it and he would just send me like drawings of dicks and i'm like this is what snapchat is <laughs> So after a few of those, I was like, I'm done with this. So I deleted I, yeah, my Snapchat. I could see that. And then I, I, I mean, I went and I was like, I didn't know anybody. And then 
And I yes. just don't get like, and then there's all these filters. Like, why would I want a picture of me with dog ears? I don't oh, understand. No. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm so confused. Yeah. I'm still confused. It's my yeah. old man thing is being confused about Snapchat. Like Instagram <laughs> I get, but Snapchat, I don't know. I can't do it. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I can't with Snapchat, but that's, I feel like personal preference. And plus, I, just in general, I'm trying to consolidate the kinds of things that I'm on. Because yeah. it's just I, – I don't want one extra thing to have to check. Yes. There's enough, already enough things to check. Totally. Yeah. All right. T- let's move on to Larry and Jenny. So Larry is on his first of what seems like many flights to the Philippines. During his layover, he hopes to talk to Jenny since he hasn't spoke to her since he left Florida. He reminds us that he took money out of his 401k, so he feels like he's gambling with this trip. She never calls him back and he continues on his journey. He makes it to the Philippines and he's nervous because he's unsure she's going to be there. The bar is low as he just hopes she is there and then kisses him. Larry is at the baggage claim and finds that his bag never made it. They tell him that his bag is in Los Angeles, so it will be there in one to two days. Larry was hoping he could be able he would be able to freshen up and look good for Jenny, but now he's stuck wearing what he's wearing. And he's trying to do a quick bathroom refresher. He exits the airport, hoping that Jenny will be there to meet him. He's walking around and he doesn't see her, and he's nervous because he doesn't have a working phone. He eventually sees her and they hug and kiss. Larry says that she's prettier than her pictures, and when Larry asks her what she thinks, she says she thinks it's the same. We get to meet Jenny, who is 24 years old. Larry tells Jenny that his bag didn't make it, so he'll need to buy clothes, especially because he doesn't have any clothes for the heat. He's nervously rambling on about who knows what, and Jenny tells him to relax and not be nervous. She's surprised at how shy Larry is, and she doesn't think he's like other American men. She helps him with his bag as they walk off. Strangers walk watch on as Larry is dropping random bags, and they point out that he's dropping things. And he decides to randomly explain to these onlookers that the bags are candy that he brought over to give to the family. <laughs> the producers ask Jenny what she likes best about Larry, and she says his nose, even though it's too big. This doesn't seem to phase Larry at all. They drive to their hotel, and she points out the traffic and the people. Larry feels in the short amount of time that Jenny loves him, even though his cousin tells him that he's being played. Jenny thinks that Carl and his wife, that's Larry's cousin, are judging her too harshly. She is willing to give him, or Larry, her email and her password because she has nothing to hide. Larry says that Jenny's perfect for him and he doesn't need all of that. They get to the hotel that Larry went the extra mile to impress Jenny with. Larry reminds us luxuries like this is what he spent his 401k money on. Jenny says she hopes that Larry proposes to her on this trip. Larry says he has a couple of weeks to determine if he's being used and if her intentions are pure. Larry is asked by production if the last time he had sex was 14 years ago with the mother of his uh, youngest son, as he was implying in the interview. And Larry takes the longest pause ever and says, yes, that was the last time he had sex with a woman. Yeah, Larry I and noticed Jenny- that too. I know, right? <laughs> Larry and Jenny are laying in bed talking when Larry brings up views on premarital sex. He wants to wait until after they are married because of what has happened in his past. He had had premarital sex before, and after having children with two different women, neither of them wanted to get married. Jenny agrees that she wants to wait until they are married, and she likes the idea of just sleeping in the bed together and nothing else. Larry asks her about her past relationships, and Jenny says that she is 
only had dates with other American men, and she's never had sex with any of them. Larry has skepticism because of how active she's been on Filipino Cupid. All right. So I was just going to say, I'm glad you noticed it, too. What do you think Larry <laughs> meant by it's been 14 years since he's been with a woman? Yeah, since I had an experience with a woman. Yeah, I mean... I, I, the way he parsed that, all I had to think is it, 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 this dude, this dude might be bi. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Whatever. It just no. is weird. It, it was a weird way to phrase it. Like, it was like, it yes, was. that was the last time I had an experience with a woman. Like, well, because it took him a really long time to answer in the first place. Because he's probably right. like, well, that wasn't the last time I had sex, but it was the last time I had sex with a woman. Right. Yeah, I'm going to go with that, with a woman. With a woman, yes. Like, it, yeah, and I, I, I guess I was trying to parse whether he was, like, trying to decide what they meant by, like, if he was trying to decide man or woman, or if he was trying to Figure out the definition decide, of sex. Yeah, did the blowjob I got, like, five years ago count, or, like, right, not? Right, right, <laughs> you know? I could see that as well. And so, like, that's what – but then he said had an experience with a woman. So, yeah, I think that might be a thing to it. It seems like hmm, a kind of gross thing to go right off the bat, um, which I guess is not right off the bat because they've been talking to each other. But, like, I have, you know, dated a few people. I've gone on first dates. You know, I've been in, like, you know, more things. But it's like the question of, well, how many boyfriends have you had? Like, you yeah. know, many guys have you had sex with is not in the front of my mind at right. all. Right. You shouldn't be asking in general. That's, That's not a question you should be asking. I don't know if, like, ever? Yeah, I kind of feel like ever. They talk about their exes. You can have your past. It comes up. But you shouldn't be like, I need you to quantify exactly how many guys you've been with is not. Now, nah, that should never come up. No. I just think it's a bad question to ask because I feel like you don't want to really know the answer. That answer is going to haunt and, you. And if you do, what's the point? Yeah. Like, what are you getting out of that answer? What is it? What does it mean for your relationship to have that answer? Um, right. It, and I don't. I, I. I honestly don't think it would haunt you. Like I, I don't know. It, it, it depends on your attitude about. It. If you're the guy, it, yeah. If you're a person that actually gives a shit then yes, no matter what that number is, it's going to yeah, haunt Yeah, and I feel like you would only ask if you gave a shit. Yeah, if you didn't give a shit, you wouldn't ask. Right. <laughs> That's true. Exactly. Right, it's not oh. something that if it accidentally came up, it would, it would do it. But like, so was it the whole 401k? Because he kept saying like, no, he was I think cagey was about that too. Yeah, but he I think was he like said a, a big chunk. He said a big yeah. chunk. But the thing about taking out of your 401k is... It's compound interest, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's it's yeah. future growth. So you, you what you know, taking you know ten percent out now means that at the end of your four hundred one k, it actually costs you a larger amount of it. Right, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that was the best life decision, Larry. I feel like that's actually no. a pretty poor life decision. It is. It um, is. But let's talk about his views on premarital sex because I also feel like that is not a good life decision. Okay, so you're going to decide now after having two kids with women that wouldn't marry you that this is the time to institute the no premarital sex? I mean, I think I think he's just like, hey, look, I made the same mistake twice. I'm not making that mistake again. But I mean, I feel like he in that case has largely probably missed what his mistake was. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. 
It's like, why? I feel like we need to get to the bottom of why didn't they want to marry you? Because he seems to be under the impression that it was just like crazy bitches didn't want to get married. They just wanted to have a baby and they didn't want to commit to anything. Yeah. And, like, and it's didn't like, didn't analyze like, his role in that. Yeah, I don't maybe know it, if it's very common for women to think, I want to raise a kid by myself. So let me trick this guy into having sex with me just so I can raise a kid and I can leave him. I don't know if that's people's first thought. I don't know if that's a really common thing. Right, right. I mean, I and feel I like feel women like... that really would want that probably would want to skip the drama and they just go to a sperm bank. Yeah, you'd think they would. And I think, I don't know, I don't want too much shade on a working man, but I think they'd aim a little bit higher than uh, Larry here. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Right. Well, the, the two guys who we've said have been worried about that, worried about women tricking them getting pregnant before they get married, are Larry <laughs> and Paul. Like, oh goodness, Paul has nothing. <laughs> Why would you want to claim Paul as your a baby daddy? I'd be like, is there anyone else I can try pin this on other I, than Paul? Yes, any. Oh my God! Like, like, can I think of anybody that I anyone. won't have to put Paul on this birth certificate? Yes, it's so. I mean, because the other thing that got me too is like his nerves. Right? He was. Oh, he was so, so nervous. nervous. So nervous, and yeah, that was, was one of those things cringy. that it wasn't. He was very, he was very cringy. Yeah, it wasn't borderline, but it was so bad that it was like, oh yeah, I say cringy into the over the line from endearing and cute to yeah. like kind of annoying. Annoying. You're just like, yes. shut up already. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the random strangers don't need to hear about the origins of the candy that you dropped. <laughs> Right. And it's like, and he kept saying, I feel like everybody's looking at me. It's like, yeah, because you're acting like a spaz. Chill out, yeah. dude. Just stop. <laughs> Everybody is looking at you crazy. Because <laughs> you're dropping candy. You're like, I brought candy for her family. You're like, what are you talking about, It's like, they about, don't man? care what it's for. They just are trying to help like, you hey, out. Hey, drop the box. Yeah. Uh, just a simple thank you would have been fine. You didn't explain what it was or anything else. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so at least they're staying they're gonna they're gonna share the bed. One bed, but no sex. Like, yeah. Is he gonna is he gonna make out or something? Like give him give him that, man. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be nice. <laughs> oh. They definitely talked about cuddling, so I'm sure that's Oh happening. they did, that's sure, that's sure. Right, right. All right. So last on my list, oh it's Darcy. Yeah. Oh my. All right, so Darcy is straightening her hair in front of a painting of a butt. Yes, I noticed that. He's very weird art in his place. Yeah. <laughs> and Sherry, well, I mean, for the one time they stopped focusing on that bust of it's just like naked yeah. boobs. And they went to the butt picture. So um, anyway, she's sharing concerns about whether or not, you know, Jesse is ready for marriage, especially like after, you know, he kind of freaked out about this stepfather thing. Anyway, so they're going to spend the day apart because Jesse has to go to work. And so Darcy's going to spend the day with his mom, but not the stepdad that says Jesse is out of her league. Mom shares some baby pictures and starts asking about, and, and, and you know, Darcy starts asking about Jesse's past. Did he want children before? And do you think he's ready for marriage? Marion's advice for Darcy is to just slow down. There's no need for them to rush into this whole thing, and she should think about it more. Darcy starts to cry while defending herself, saying that she has thought about it and she's running out of time if she wants to have a child with Darcy, with Jesse. So after the meeting with Marion, Darcy goes to a bar to have some alone time and clear her head. Jesse is confused because after work, he came home and got everything ready for 
some freaky time. Um, he's texting and asking where she is and when she'll be back because he's, you know, in his robe and underwear and ready to go. Ugh, and I, I don't want to so weird. He would. Yeah. Anyway, she finally gets back to the apartment. And as soon as um, she gets there, it's pretty obvious that, well, according to Darcy, she had some wine with his mom. If you took Jesse's impression, she seemed a little off. And according to everyone else, she's just drunk. <laughs> so they start off with some tea and, like I said, the unfortunately open bathrobe and talk about dressers um, as Darcy starts to get competitive. At this point, Jesse realize, knows that she's drunk and Darcy starts a fight about the dresser that's not really about the dresser. Her com- then her combativeness turns to crying, and of course, because she's drunk, nothing she's making, saying makes much sense at all. So Jesse just says, all right, let's go to bed. Now, the next morning, things are bad. Darcy is at a hotel following the, a big blow-up with Jesse that happened after the cameras left. The fight was over her being drunk, and she felt like Jesse was being too controlling, so she left. She doesn't know where the relationship stands right now, and the crew shows up outside of Jesse's apartment. The producer calls Jesse for his side of the story, and he tells her, you know, what it is over the phone. It involved Darcy running into the bushes and ignoring his texts. <laughs> and at the end of the night, he says that if she does things like that, she'll lose the people around her. They ask if he's still interested in a relationship, and Jesse more or less says, I don't know. So how did – I'm curious about this running into the bushes thing. How do you think <laughs> that came about? Um, I'm sure she was running and she kind of stumbled into bushes. I don't <laughs> think know. she like fell no. into the bushes. I, I've had a drunk friend where we sat her on a bench because we had to like go close out her tab or something. And we come back out and she was like falling over into the bushes. We're like, how did this happen? We leave you for like two we said, seconds. We balanced you right there on yes, the Yes, ta- you were the sitting yeah. down. I don't know how you ended up in the bushes backwards, but you did. So, I mean, like, I feel like that kind of stuff happens when you're drunk, right? So, I can see her st- Probably crying with like, you know, and she probably didn't take her makeup off. She's just oh, crying with the mascara and the eyelashes all over her face. Yeah. Trying to run away from him in her, in her heels on the cobblestones that just fell yeah. into the bushes. I can see it. But hearing Jesse talk about it in his accent was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> she just, she just ran into, into the, the bushes. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I mean, so, I mean, okay, so I know that we've always had this issue where, I mean, having not watched the season before, that Mm -hmm. Jesse has um, long, long, long been like, you have a drinking problem, you have a drinking problem. Yes, yes. Right, and I I, I just don't know, I mean, I imagine it has to get, I mean, he, but it seems like he's already there right now, right? Mm -hmm. And I I just, and he's never going to leave. Yeah, I I feel that it's really stems from, you know, she's such a different person when she's drunk. Okay. And that, and okay, it's like dealing with, you know, that everybody has that one drunk friend that just needs to be babysat the whole time. Right. And well, I mean, yes, yeah, she goes, she's, he's a drunk that's, I mean, she's, she needs okay, to be taken she, care of by right, Jesse. Because it, because, she's not functional. She's got the worst of all three worlds, right? Like, the, I feel like there, there's a f- certain types of drunks. There's fun drunks. She didn't mm-hmm. get any of that, right? There's fighting drunks. She definitely got some of that. Yeah. Right? There's crying drunks. She oh, definitely yeah. got a lot of that. Yeah. Right? And and, and she's missing them. And, like, there's tired drunks, right? The people who get drunk and just fall asleep wherever they yeah. are. Yeah. That one's really mostly me. 
And so, like, but she got the worst two, like, in a combination. She got right. fighting and she just alternates between fighting and crying. So, yeah, yeah the baby, have to babysit. Right. Which is the people you have to babysit. Either they're crying over in the corner for some reason. Yeah. So you're having to console them. They're picking a fight with a pinball machine or something. Oh you're like, what gosh. are you doing? Stop it. Yeah, apparently Dar- Darcy was fighting with the bushes at one with point. The so exactly. Yeah, I just I think Jesse isn't used to having to deal with this kind of drunk, and he's just like, okay, I've seen this, I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, it, especially because like, I mean, he was he was ready to get down, and they did not get down. Right, and I and the solution to that would be if you don't like that kind of drunk, just don't have them drink. So I don't right. even think that it's. Jesse's saying, like, you're not allowed to drink at all, but I also don't think Darcy is the kind of person that can stop at just one. No, I mean, well, because Darcy doesn't drink. I don't know. I get the impression of when she drinks, she doesn't drink because she enjoys, you know, the taste of it or the flavor of it or the ambiance. Like, she's like, I need to forget these feelings and I'm going Mm -hmm. to drink them and I'm going to drink them away. Right. Which is clearly what she was doing. Yeah. She's starting but, to look real yeah. rough in these interviews, too. I know. Well, in the night after, she sure, certainly didn't get any sleep and was in this weird hotel. I mean, I, I'm a little concerned about, like, Jesse's idea of setting up uh, a romantic room. What part of it? Was it the balloons with the lights? <laughs> yes, it was exactly the balloons with the lights. Are we, is, this, is this a romantic candle thing or is it a rave? I'm not. Yeah, it's party time. <laughs> Just colors. He does. Yeah, it's like randomly like, oh, let me set up this beautiful, nice tea table and also rave balloons behind me. Like, uh, what are you going for here, Jesse? I think he was going for boobs. Boobs. Oh, because it was two balloons that were flashing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So everything looked like boobs except for his balls, which were hanging out of his bathrobe the whole time. God, that was so concerning. (laughs) I was like, please, can you please close your your robe? I don't want to see what all is going all up in there. It was just too much. Too Too much. much. Oh. seeing too much of you right now. All right. uh, So moving on to Paul and Karini. So Paul tells us that things are tense between the two of them ever since he asked her for a pregnancy and STD test. Paul tells us he doesn't trust very easily because of his past. Paul and Karini are taking a boat to Manaus to stay in a beautiful resort that Paul says is expensive, but he also thinks it's worth it because they are staying in a big city where the crime rate is high, so he wants to stay somewhere safe. Paul struggles with the luggage as he almost drops one of the containers on his head, and Karini minimally helps. As soon as they get in the room, Karini smiles and laughs and seems to genuinely be more happy. So then she asks if they will be more intimate now. He says, after the test, but she doesn't understand until he uses the translator. She once again looks annoyed and says, okay. She says, well, if that's the case, let's go get the test right now. Paul says that the test will help reassure him that the relationship is genuine and she is trustworthy. He thinks that a test is the easiest way to trust her since they don't have enough time to get to know each other in three weeks. They go to a clinic and Karini gets her blood drawn, and she is told the results will be uh, back by that night. She says she really hates this neurotic side of Paul. Paul and Karini go to the zoo as they are waiting for the test results. Later, they head back to the room where the results are due to be available online. Before they view the results, Karini asks if Paul will trust her after he sees the results. Karini's tests all come back negative, and she says she feels like hitting him in the face for not trusting her. 
She wants him to change his attitude and tells him she was sad. He says that they can be more intimate now and she winks at him. Paul reveals that it's been over a decade since he's had sex. And you can totally believe him as he awkwardly makes out with Karini. He kicks production out of the room as things start heating up. Okay, why do you think Karini is so eager to have sex with Paul? I don't know. I literally wrote that seriously. I don't know who wants to fuck Paul. That was my <laughs> note for this section. Yeah, I she was don't like, understand it at all. Oh, we can't have sex until I've, let's get the test right let's now. Go and now. I'm just like, let's what? do it now. And they got the test results and she was already like, well, I'll do it with production here. Let's go. Yeah, like, she's, she's like, just, wink, I mean, wink. I mean, is there just not anybody in her village? I mean, is she just that horny that it seems <laughs> that's what it seems I like? Know. I don't know. And it's Paul. It like, Paul. it's it's funny. Be- going. I know. It's funny to think that this man is what thirty two in the show because the way he walks around and his clothes are all like oversized. He looks like a teenaged boy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's. I feel like. Okay, so I, I feel like he wears his clothes like it's still like 1995 or something, oh, right? Because remember in the 90s, everybody wore super oversized everything, right? I wore yeah. extra large t-shirts in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And I was way skinnier than I am now. And it's like it, – but it's, like, it's just like he never got out of that. Like he was just like, nope, everything's big. I'm wearing my big baggy cargo pants and pointing at the but monkeys. But just makes and him like, look like a child. I mean, I yeah, know. I don't know that there's anything that – would not make him look like a child because he just he's a, just a kind of a goopy looking guy and he gets that weird smile on his face and he's like look monkeys monkey monkey monkeys Woo-hoo-hoo. like you know he acts oh so gosh. childish that it's hard to not make him look like a child and that's what I was confused about when Karini she was like well I don't like this neurotic side of Paul and I was like what other side of Paul yes. is there <laughs> I feel like the only side of Paul is neurotic <laughs> like which side have you been like I don't yes. know got glimpses of well apparently that's the side she wanted to sleep with so we'll see I don't know and then when they were making out it was just like so cringy it's like oh well, I mean, he had like his he wasn't yeah it looked like he looked like was... he was squinting and like I was just like what is happening over here oh, yes oh like eyes closed is good right it's yeah. better to make out with your eyes closed that only weird people would not agree but like you close them gently he was like yeah like he was trying not to like he was trying not to look at yeah like he was trying not to look at the ark of the covenant at the end of indiana jones like oh it's gonna gosh. turn me into a skeleton <laughs> yeah it was Don't so look. awkward and weird and he wasn't like I, I wouldn't say take control but it was like she was clearly driving the car oh right? yeah definitely and so as I don't, I don't know, like that that's okay from time to time, but I I feel like most women want the guy to drive the car when it comes to well, that. Well, I don't know. I mean, if she's going to be all aggressive, maybe um, she either just really likes it that way, or maybe sure. she just I don't know well, feels like I mean, it's I not going to happen. I definitely feel like she's under the pressure. Yeah, if I don't do this, it's not going to happen because he seemed right. very taken aback. She was like, she was like, oh, we got the test. Oh, right okay, now, let's go. And he was, and he like, was wait, like, what? Oh, what? I guess what? production should get out of here. Like, yeah. Oh, gosh, oh man. Paul. And poor her. Could you imagine like being the the first guy, in, like the first woman in like ten years? It's like oh, oh, oh well. That's I, I don't know. I feel like that that in itself is like a cautionary tale, right? Like right. This guy hasn't had sex in ten years. Maybe there's something not right and about like, him. Ten, ten like prime years, right? He's been like yeah. single. 
in his entire 20s and didn't ha- did like you know it's different when we had somebody like Larry right which still isn't great but it was like you know if they're like oh they were a single dad they were raising yeah. kids like right. then I can put some pieces together and be like I could I could totally see how that would happen but like what was he doing I don't know he was his 20s and he was single the whole time just didn't find anybody I mean it, it to be uh, to be fair, you do have to actively be looking, and we don't know how much he was doing that because I of his. I don't know. Uh, I mean, if Paul is this desperate to try find someone on a dating app who doesn't even speak his language, to me, yeah, this is a yeah. man who's tried other things. Right. Yeah. I just at least yeah, I would and, hope. Yeah. Do you think he was just like, well, I strike out with these American women? Maybe foreign women will be into me. Like, at least I can bring the cachet of being an American. Yeah. I. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I've thought too much about Paul's sex drive, so let's yeah, <laughs> let's close this out. <laughs> okay, I've reached the limit of I can think about Paul having sex. We're done. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. How about your student of the week then? Um, Courtney. Okay. Courtney for um actually even if Antonio didn't listen, she was more right. or less pretty upfront about what she wanted and what she yes. um, was doing and what she was thinking. Right. Um, which setting is, boundaries. Is good. Absolutely. Yes. Setting boundaries. Yeah. Totally. Yes. Uh, my student of the week is Patrick. Um, I don't know how much I feel at this stage about his like kind of sneak sneak attack, right? Uh, trying to get Miriam, but right now, I mean, he is respecting her boundaries. He's trying to be a good sport about it. Mm-hmm. You know, just also, yeah. also, I'm on board with like he's never been out of the country before, right? Right. And so it's like enjoy Paris, man. Like yeah, they, like do it, like try. Yeah, don't Positive spend all that money only. and then and then just be like, no, I'm gonna leave and, and never never leave the country again. Don't be that guy. Right. Yeah. So I, I appreciated his positivity through kind uh-huh. of a kind of a shitty situation on his part. Yeah. Yeah. So leading into that, my dunce is Miriam. Because <laughs> like, okay, you have a boy. You didn't think it was serious. You were talking online. You didn't think it was inter- okay. Th- that all made sense. But like, you gotta tell the guy before he buys a plane ticket yes, or failing agreed. that before he. Like actually gets on the plane, just like just yeah. so you know, you're gonna get here and nothing's gonna happen. Like, right? How, how but do you wait I will still show you around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Agree. So I don't know what her game was at. So that's funny that you had uh, Miriam as your dunce because I had Antonio as oh, my how about dunce. That? <laughs> just the way he treated her, he was so selfish. He was presumptuous. He was grabby. Ugh, all all the things were not good for Antonio. I don't know if he did one redeeming thing this whole couple episodes. Uh, apparently, yeah, no, no. Like, the only thing she seemed to like was when he was changing in the closet. And she was like, oh, hey there. Like, yeah, and even it. then, I was kind of like, eh. Yeah, it was mad. It wasn't eh. even like, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Maybe he photographs right. better. Who knows? But He probably yeah. does. We saw him into a photo shoot anyway. All right. Yeah. So. All right. <laughs> what about your life lesson? All right. So... Okay, so as concerning as it is if you're in Jesse's shoes, right, mm-hmm. and someone decides that within a week of you that it, they need to just randomly get shit-faced alone in a bar, <laughs> yeah, I will admit that that is very concerning. That is a red flag in the relationship, yes. uh-huh. right? But you still can't – you shouldn't be picking a fight with someone who is drunk, right, after the cameras <laughs> yeah, leave, true. right? That getting your revenge is what taking it out on them passive aggressively while they're hungover is for. 
That's when you <laughs> open the shades as soon bright in the morning and start making getting dressed really loudly. That's a, this oh, is goodness. that's how you take it out on a drunk person. No, but seriously, you have the you you're not going to solve anything while while they're drunk. You have you have to just wait till the next day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so my life lesson is uh, aimed towards Paul. An STD test or pregnancy test is not a valid way to get to know someone. <laughs> Because he seems to think it has implications yes. of the quality uh, yes. of person that Karini is. No, no, that's a good point. It has that has nothing to do with someone's morality, nothing to do with how good of a person they are. No, like nothing. Or like, even the way he says it, he was just like, "Well, I need to get to know her in three weeks, so we're gonna start off by this pregnancy test because then I'll yes. really get to know her." It's like how? Well, I, I mean, okay, so outside, I know a romantic relationship is a romantic relationship, but but like outside of that, could you imagine be like? I really feel like, you know, this is someone I, I want to get to know. Do you have chlamydia? <laughs> what does that happen? What? So I don't know if they're a things, good person. Yeah, so thinking yeah. of things that you could use to, like, get to know someone is just have them take a personality test. You can discuss the results of a personality test. Or right. there's that 32 questions to fall in love thing. You notice these things all we all um, – Center uh, around talking to each other, right? We need oh, something yeah, that involves true. no talking because we can't actually do that, right? Oh, yeah, gosh. because it, but it, it, it's those kind of things. Your personality test, those thirty-two questions, right? They're all just about starting conversations, yes. right? It's really just about conversations, right? So yeah, this is just uh, a bad way to get to know someone. I, I will say real quickly about that thirty-two questions to fall in love. Uh, I did that with the last guy that I dated. And it was actually kind of funny because while I did feel like I knew him a lot better, there were things that came out that it was like, you're not a good person. (laughs) (laughs) So just beware if you're going to do that. You may find out things you don't really actually like about that person. And then it would not work to make you fall in love. No, that's interesting because yes, it, it, it is stressful. Yes, it's really it's really thirty two questions to get to know somebody better, and you're like, yes, it really I don't is. think I like you if they answer them all. Like, <laughs> you're like, you're actually kind of a terrible person. <laughs> oh goodness! All right, so yeah, that's it for this uh, these two episodes. So next week we are on episodes nine and ten. Nine and ten. That's right. Yeah. Moving right along. Okay, so we will see you all next week then. Yep, see you then. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.